you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Around the NFL Podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am coming to you from a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Got the whole gang back together. First time since Super Bowl night, I believe. Whoa. Awesome. And yesterday was a special day, Wednesday. It was the birthdays of both uh, the man to my right, Greg Rosenthal, and the man to my left, Chris Wessling. Happy birthday, gentlemen. Thank you. And uh, also, you know, the well, who I consider the shadow fifth member of the Around the NFL podcast, Roger Goodell. Ooh, big <laughs> rock. Big well, rock. I, I'm a little disappointed because we, yeah. we had a really actually, and this is not fictitious this is really a big surprise plan for the two of you yeah. and i spent probably um two plus hours of my day yesterday you were like really about it i was about this yeah. and i i went online to look for it was like what could we get for greg and wes that they would both equally enjoy and we were going to try to get you guys into some news entanglement some issues some football head sure. scenario and then have waltzing into the room a singing telegram um, a woman named Angela was going to dress up as Marilyn Monroe yep. and sing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President's the American icon, Both Marilyn Monroe, the icon. And I, w- I, you know, at the last minute, I was just going to pay for it on my own and try to get it expensed later because it was semi-affordable. That's when I was like, I took a step back and I said, <laughs> I hope that works out for you, Mark, but uh, I wouldn't hold your breath. Well, Erica was very smart. She said, "Run this up the flagpole to at least one shadowy league figure to see what they'd think." And the response I got was. A pretty decisive no um, on the ba- on the basis that a Marilyn Monroe esque figure would be in, in quotes too sexual, too sexual. 
So the whole ah! thing got the whole thing got, which I find that to be absurd. It would be her coming in I'm singing a song. So to the offended two of you. again as an American that Marilyn Monroe, who, Monroe, who represented really the, in some ways, yes, the sexual revolution of the middle of the 20th century, but she is not some like overly racy. Uh, character that must be kept in the shadows. No, a talent. Society. I mean, an actress and a singer, a multi-talent. That scene with her singing "Happy Birthday, Mr. President" has been replayed in so many movies and TV shows that are not racy or. Sexy. Yeah, you're not sending the kids out of the room when they're playing right. the old clip. Of Too hot for this production, apparently. I think, though, what my big takeaway is: we know what to get Mark for his. <laughs> What he wants. Well, there were a lot of options of singing telegrams, and for some reason, this seemed like it would have Sometimes you stopped you two your in your tracks. Yes. Right. That would have been perfect, but again, the Shadowy League figures err on the side of caution. Right. And in lieu of that, we've gotten you nothing. <laughs> I think that's appropriate. I think that um, is consistent with uh, every birthday we have in this room. <laughs> yeah, and now Greg is deeper into his 40s. Wes is closer to 50. Than 40. I'm, I'm a few years, like Mark, I'm a few, few years away from my AARP card. I'm, and here I'm I am, four, s- still in my 30s. I'm 41. Well, you're the one who um, still could, couldn't survive a couple sleds without tearing your shoulders. So it's barking. You got you to gotta, uh, heal that shoulder up before you turn 40 and no, no. enjoy the final days of your 30s. The shoulders are gone, buddy. <laughs> They're just gone. Get used to it. Your, your throwing arm's gone. Your swing's going to be gone soon. Ugh, it happens. It's all happening. Uh, speaking of which, is offline this, West, but... It is sign-up time for softball. We have to figure out what's going on there. Oh, I threw my cleats away. Oh. Whoa. Well, that's a way of, like, wow, making sure you can't even change your mind. Although you could buy new cleats. I okay, let's – When you start out the championship game 0 for 3 as the leadoff hitter, you got to walk away. It's Whoa. just time. Wow. I mean, doesn't the entire team need to author some sort of a comeback story? That's what I thought, but it sounds like the competitor in West died. When he turned 46. <laughs> well, I just don't want to be a liability. <laughs> and, I, and I, like with my scout's eye, watched that performance in the championship <laughs> game and said your weakness was your leadoff Wait, hitter. You, you tape-dogged yourself? I tape-dogged myself and said your weakness was your leadoff hitter. The whole team set – that set the tone for the whole team and everybody got a little too tense because I wasn't getting on base. Uh, it was disappointing, but the reason it was so disappointing is because you had another – rock solid season and yes you had a bad 60 minutes but I would say that would not be the reason to walk away because you you went oh for your first three I mean I don't know listen it's your decision I'd love to talk to you privately about this because I want to bring the gang back for one more run at it but I just can't see doing it without my consigliere my Don Zimmer I I will try to keep an open mind, but I took the cold analytic knife to my performance, and it said, look, the guy just doesn't have it anymore. His body is broken down. Yikes. Oh, wow, that was sobering. Um, All right. Territory. All right, stick a pin in that. Today's show. Kawhi was nice. Oh, yeah. You just got back from Hawaii. We ran into Calais Campbell at the airport (laughs) coming back from his own baby moon, and Keisha will be happy to hear this. Throughout the entire island of Kauai, Everybody in the service industry knows what a baby moon is and basically caters to it and says, oh, you know, congrats. You know, Calais Campbell, one of the nicest guys in the NFL. 
absolutely incredibly friendly, incredibly nice. As nice as you think, he was He was very One of the deepest voices in the NFL. Oh. Very deep. And when you say ran into, as in the minute he saw you and Lakeisha, he came up to you two saying, how are you doing? Or huh. how, does, how did that work? We I don't were, feel like he would recognize me on the street. <laughs> we were tagging our bags right in the same area on the way from Kauai to LAX on the way back. And Keisha just said hi stepped over and said hello and we talked chatted for a bit hello lakeisha he's like deeper than <laughs> remember the guy in boys the men with a cane yeah where all he did was the talking parts of the song <laughs> clyce campbell makes him sound like david beckham it's right. crazy also a full head taller than anybody else at the airport giant large a gentle man. giant though greg and potentially uh changing teams this offseason <laughs> see how he brings it back that's why schrager has him at number one because he's out of this BS about talking about the airports and baby moons. Let's talk ball. It's good to have a Greg. <laughs> I just didn't know what else to say. Humana, humana. Uh, we're going to hit the mailbag. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we did that. Also, uh, the Zeuser, even with the bum shoulder, wrote a banger. The teams that are hard knocks eligible, I ranked them in order. For-, for new listeners, to be clear, you are the Zeuser. <laughs> It's not a guest we're bringing on to the show. Just I just want to let you know, right. if anyone's joining yeah. in, hopefully we're getting some young, uh, young uh, listeners. No, it's me. Uh, ranking the least to most uh, compelling teams that have to be on the show, potentially. Mandatory inclusion. There's five of them. Uh, uh, but before we do that, I know Mark has a little countdown that we're going to get to after news. Yep. I wouldn't call it a banger, but I would say that it's, got, it's packed with information. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Uh, before... Uh, we get to any of that, though. Let's do some news. Some folks call her Connie Fox. Others say it's Tiny Box. But no matter, you know who they mean. Who they mean. She's here today on ATN. Talking with your favorite man. NFL's lone wolf. Her name's Colleen. <laughs> Colleen Wolf. <laughs> Colleen Wolf. Fox. Ooh. This is like the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. That's pretty good. I'm way into that one. I'm glad we saved that uh, for when Wes returned. Oh. That felt like it was right up Wesley's lane. I love it. That is that, outstanding. That, yeah, we could put that to the fu- into the finals, I feel like. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, sort of like the Gourds version of uh, Gin and Juice? Yeah, I, I really do think that's special uh, or different and unique from what everything we've heard so far. That, of course, being the great competition, the Connie Fox theme song sweepstakes. And as I said, you have to get in submissions uh, by the close of business tomorrow, Friday. We're going to seal it off. Even if you send something in on Saturday or any time, we're not even going to look at it. Too bad. I'm deleting it. I'm personally deleting the um, Gmail entry. Uh, So the ATN podcast at Gmail. Send in your submissions. Connie Fox theme song, 30 seconds or less. That's another good one. Good job, uh, Ricky. You, how, how's the curation going? On it's going well. There's a lot of. There was a few. Uh, I I grabbed a few for later. So if okay. you want to listen to a few more at the end of the show, uh, but they're good. Some are pretty. Some are pretty bad. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Do we know who was the artist for that one? For that one, I do not. That's got to be professional. Well, we don't want to. Yeah, we. Yeah, we keep trying, everything close to the vest. I did hear. I got a. I got a little bit of of, of pop heat on Twitter. That the last entry, the one we really liked, we loved the first and the and the fifth from Tuesday's show. Mm. Fifth one, which was had a really nice hip hop sound to it, a great beat, and it was called um, "It's a Wolf Stupid," I believe. Stupid in uh, parentheses. That that beat might not have been original. 
Mm. And we have to talk was about it the that process. one or the rap one. I the thought rap it was one, the bad uh, rap. was clearly stolen. Oh. Yeah, we okay. got some tweets. But people good. were saying Greg, who loves rap so much, didn't even notice the mm. Eminem beat. So oh. maybe you don't like <laughs> rap that much. Yikes! I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not familiar with late period Eminem. Unmasked. And I'm not apologizing <laughs> for it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Huge news um, that came out yesterday. A report, I should clarify that uh, when the collective bargaining agreement is finalized and there's hope that that's going to happen in the next week uh, which would be very good for everyone involved uh, part of that agreement will be an expect a change to the NFL's playoff structure and it could the change could come as soon as the 2020 season under the current CBA proposal that the NFL owners are pushing for and this report is from Adam Schefter of ESPN. The playoff field would be expanded to seven teams from each conference, while the regular season would be increased to 17 games per team and the preseason shortened to three games per team. Uh, as part of the proposed playoff format, only one team from each conference would receive a first-round buy as opposed to the two that current, currently do. Uh, that would mean a revised playoff schedule. That would give us six games on wildcard weekend, Three on Saturday, three on Sunday, uh, which that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and like I said, the changes to the playoff format would take effect for the 2020 season. And then any change in the amount of games in the season, moving from 16 to 17, that would happen at 2021 20, at the earliest. So there, we, there could be a situation here where you're having the seventh playoff team in each conference, but it's still a 16-game season, but that might, might only be one season that we get that. Um, your initial thoughts uh, to that, Mark, when you heard about this change that seems to be coming? Initially uh, annoyed because, to me, it translates to football. In some cases, people feel like it could stretch into mid to late February, depending on what happens, which I, I find unnecessary. Um, for the 17 games. For the, se- the, the playoff for won't change. The playoff schedule won't change uh, for that first year or two. No, the playoff thing, I, I'm warming up to it because essentially because it just feels like this stuff is inevitable. But I thought it was interesting that Warren Sharp noted that um, of the 20, of the last 10 years, the 20 teams that would have made it Five were 10-win teams. Nine were nine-win teams. And you had six, eight, and eight teams that would have been shoved into the playoffs. Even looking at the last, most recent round of playoffs, and, and certainly going back a few years, there always seems to me to be a team or two that I just don't buy on any level that are in the playoffs. So I, wh- what are we adding? Are we adding quality opponents? And In some cases, it feels just because you'd get that team that heated up at the end of the year and snuck into a nine-win season, and you want to see them with a chance to go against uh, you know, the rest of the playoff p- field. But it, largely to me, it feels unnecessary but unavoidable. So I will just simply drag me and bend me and shape me as you wish. Do with me as you wish from oh. September through February because it's going to get longer. It's more. I'm not sure it's necessary. Well, I want to clip that for the future. Drag me, oh, yeah. and bend, bend me, me and shape, well, shape that's me. That's a great song. But that, we are getting just sort of pulled along in this. Um, yeah, it's go- if yeah. you're saying, yeah, why fight it? It's going to happen. Yes, I mean, it's being reported that it's happening. I, I, I don't get. I'm not upset about it, but I did think that the NFL of all the sports leagues had the perfect formula of teams, divisions, playoffs. Thirty-two teams. 
eight divisions. <laughs> I just yep. whenever I say thirty-two teams, I just thirty-two say, teams, <laughs> eight <laughs> divisions, <laughs> four teams per division. Right. The, when the two thousand two alignment hap- realignment right. happened, that that made it perfect. Two two playoff buys. I I liked that. Twelve overall playoff. It just seemed perfect. And when you look. Like you said, Mark, at the teams that are being added, like last year, you know, would have been the Rams and the Mason Rudolph Steelers. And you go back the last five years, it's a bunch of teams like that that I didn't feel like I needed to see uh, another round of. The biggest exception I found was the 2018 Steelers, who could have done some damage uh, and cost themselves at the end of the year. But other than that, it's a bunch of teams that I I was ready to say goodbye to. I find it unnecessary too, but I'm not the one trying to grow the league to 25 billion per year so I, I have that luxury of saying it's unnecessary uh, it doesn't bother me like replay review for pass interference or the old catch row where it's clearly upsetting the integrity of the sport I don't no. I don't find the integrity at stake here I actually think it could be kind of interesting to see how it changes strategy at the end of the year well, I don't have a problem with the seven teams from each conference I actually like the idea that only one team gets a buy I think that creates more stakes and obviously teams will probably have to play guys week 17 more, things like that if you're near the top of the standings. I don't love, as somebody who loves um, one of the three things I love about sports is record books and the pursuit of various uh, things. When we go to 17 games, and it does seem like this is going to happen, last time they made a jump in games, they went from 14 to 16, and that was in the late 70s. So we're going on 40-plus years since they made that change. Uh, and adding that extra game does change certain counting stats to me. And I, I, I care about that stuff, things like 100 catches or 2,000 yards or 4,000 yards passing. You do you, you screw around with that a little bit. the symmetry of an 8-8 eight and eight record. But that stuff changes in football anyway. It's that, not like baseball. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I get that. But it, it, I, I guess I just I liked the way it was. And I, the other thing that really is just on my radar a little bit and just seems silly is that when you have an odd number of games in the regular season, that means – Half the teams are going to have nine home games, and the other half are going to have eight. And I asked, I texted about this yesterday, and Greg, you mentioned that they're going to alternate at AFC NFC. It just seems so silly. It just seems ridiculous. Well, I think the other the push is probably at some juncture in the you know far off horizon to have sixteen international games where there's or a neutral site at least. And that's my spec. You know that no one's reported that. That to me is. That's my speculation, but it makes sense that then you would do these neutral site games. I think initially, like if they do this twenty, uh, this seventeen game season, and it sounds like twenty twenty two would be the most likely first time uh, that that would happen. That yeah, the AFC will have eight home games, whereas the NFC will have nine. It'll be uh, yeah. it'll be a little weird, and no one's reported yet whether. And I've asked, so I don't think people know uh, whether you're going to have a second bye week too, in terms of player safety. So I think the season could very well be two weeks longer. You get the extra right. game, and you get an extra bye week. There will be people with OCD picketing, Dan. The, <laughs> the seventeen week thing. The seventeen week thing is driving me crazy. The only thing that really helps is uh, fantasy sports because you chop off week seventeen and the. The regular season ends three weeks before, so now you can have an even number at the end of a fantasy season. I, I actually fantasy thought about that earlier. Go today. longer. Yeah, that's nice. Yep. That's all nice. It, it really hurts the two seed. For I mean, that is the biggest takeaway. I don't mind just, that though. That I kind of like me. having one no, one, one by team. If, you're, if you don't want to be hurt, no, no, it doesn't. If that doesn't kill me. It's more. I just I like. There's a reason why those teams at the bottom rarely make runs. They're not good. You know, we we always see, as you mentioned, one or two teams in the playoffs that are kind of like, 
they don't really have a chance to win the Super Bowl. So I don't think you're adding uh, compelling teams to the mix, but it's not a big deal. We're going to watch it. I mean, we would watch anything. Of course, you like that's not the point. <laughs> well, they of know course, that. They know. That. Of course, yeah. we're going to watch it. But that it's still I like that how meaningful every regular season game is, and it it chips away at that just a tiny bit. And I think Connor Orr wrote a piece for SI that. Great the lead. Was, oh, yeah. Shut up, shut nerds. up, nerds. Yeah. Uh, shut up, nerds. Fun. Letting another team into the postseason is a good thing. And you know what? I see his point of it. I, I would love it. I would actually be all in. The 2015 Jets would have been a playoff team. I know, and that's a right noise. Patrick. I know they would have. Uh, Fitz Magic, baby. Uh, but I, if they would k- keep it as what it's going to end up being this year, uh, where we have the extra playoff teams and it's still 16 games. Mwah. That that's, would have been wonderful. Well, but that's just not going to happen. There is pushback. I mean, maybe there, maybe it will. I don't there's know. pushback on the 17 game thing, though. The playoffs, I think everyone kind of can get behind that a little bit. But there's, I think it's easy to forget in February through June that there's a lot of bad football happening in, in po- after after Thanksgiving and a lot of crappy third string quarterbacks dueling second and third string quarterbacks. Do we need an extra week of that? I well, would say we it, do not. It, and that's part of the argument. I mean, it's mostly just money. It's it's all money. But the part of the argument in terms of the playoff seating is, yeah, more teams will just be alive with the with the seven game. Uh, you know, it's if you're if you're the type of person that goes crazy that there's too many teams in the like uh, in contention. You know, playoff little standing thing. Like, like everyone's. You know, it's going to be hard not to be in contention for the seventh seed. We Have just, you- we just said, by the way, Mark, on Tuesday's show that they're going to figure out a way to get this thing into June. <laughs> oh, it's and it, into it, July. It, yep, and and close that that opening of thing, uh, quiet time in the NFL. Where this is just another big. Step. I don't. <laughs> I am committed to trying to not complain about what is ahead because You're doing great you so far. cannot, you cannot um, essentially shut down a vastly multi-trillion dollar giant that just is going to trudge over you and trudge over the land and step on houses and step on your face. And they're they're meeting right now and there's so much optimism that the CBA could get done in the next week that it might even be presented to the players as early as Friday to start voting on. If that actually happens and all this optimism from the last few months and years is well-founded, that would be a a major win because I just sort of, after going through... uh, you know, anyone that was around the last lockout and everything, it's like that was an absolute nightmare for the sport. And if they can do it, good job by both sides avoiding uh, that sort of lockdown. You want to talk a little sliding doors. Mark and I had just recently joined the company back in 2010, and then the lockout hit, and our old boss, Jim Loftus, very nice guy, uh, called me, Mark, and all the other part-timers into his office and said, hey, guys, just a heads up. If this lockout goes on much longer, uh, I think he put a couple, a matter of weeks on it. Dead men walking. We got to let you guys all go. Sliding doors, bro. And that whole time with the lockout, and you remember with uh, who was it? The big uh, behemoth that was hugging Robert Kraft. Uh, his wife had just died. Who was the big behemoth? Remember the famous photo after the lockout ended? Kevin Moy. Nobody remembers this. He, oh, he he helped. I remember he there, helped was a there was a behemoth. Yeah. There was a photo of of Robert Kraft getting. He was the who was the, one of the top union guys. Was it Moai? Yeah, it was Moai. Mo, uh, it's probably not Moai, but uh, that whole that was I very was. contentious. And if if you are a younger football fan, you don't really have a lot of experience with the the labor doubt. It becomes the overriding story. It hovers. It was over a terrible offseason at, at pro football talk. So I if we can avoid that. that, was it not Jeff Saturday? By the way, Jeff Saturday, mm. maybe. I believe it was no Jeff longer Saturday. a behemoth. Uh, no. One one quick point on this. 
so much of football in the NFL is cyclical. And I guarantee you, this point everyone's making about the Mason Rudolph Steelers would have made the playoffs. If you go back to the early day of this podcast, you will hear Greg Rosenthal saying, well, look, the trend is that the wild card teams are getting to the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens yeah. just did it. They're, who knows what happens in five, six years, what the trend will be at that time. That's just saying. There was like a, a four or five year period where teams were making it as six seeds. That was kind of an anomaly in the history of the NFL. And then it, that door, for whatever reason, has been shut. Like, well, or you're going to get a seven and nine seven helps, seed that knocks off a two it helps, seed. It helps, uh, it helps the one seed quite, quite a bit. Um, that's kind of the big takeaway is you go get that, you go get that one seed. I mean, it's not going to change like in this last season. Sometimes it'll change things. Sometimes it won't. The Ravens would have clinched, you know, regardless uh, and been able to to rest their players. Jeff Saturday. There he is. The big lug. Holden Robert Kraft. It was an emotional, an emotional moment. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> Greg Olson has a new home. It's in the Pacific Northwest. The three-time Pro Bowl tight end has signed a one-year, $7 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Mike Garofolo reported this on Tuesday night. The team later announced the signing. Uh, Olsen went on a free agent tour, went to D.C., uh, Buffalo, uh, and this is all set against the backdrop of his broadcasting career. He's been doing XFL TV coverage. Uh, but he lands with the Seahawks immediately because I, I grew very fond of the man, speaking of hard knocks, uh, I thought, oh, this is the end of Luke Wilson uh, in Seattle. He got a veteran tight end, and uh, I don't know. Mm. Thank you, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> Wes, did Greg Olson have anything in the tank last year? He sort of moves like Witten at this point. I oh, think, no. I think the biggest problem with him is he's just never healthy anymore. He's reached the Chris Wesley as leadoff hitter stage of his career. Oh, no. And it might be time. You know, he has shown the ability in the broadcast booth where we know you put him in there, he's going to be one of the best color guys in the business. I'd rather see him do that, but I understand that Russell Wilson seems to be taking a more aggressive stance towards let's pass the ball in Seattle, let's really do this, and maybe they're finally listening to their quarterback. He was pretty productive, 597 yards in I mean, uh, that, those are Witten stats. In 14 games. It was, I don't think it was His feet were quite, fine. That's that was Jimmy positive. Graham 2018 production. 500 quite, yards oh, for a tight end is nothing. Quite as Ouch. quite as slow as, uh, as Witten, but... uh. Should be fun. Uh, I think it's a great landing spot in the sense that what Will Disley, Jacob Hollister last year, tight ends were productive in that attack, and if they're going to throw the ball more. Nice. Yeah, hopefully Will Disley can get healthy towards Achilles. He was having a kind of a breakout uh, season last year. Had Luke Wilson eating breakfast next to us at the Super Bowl, by the way. With a he's a much bigger than I realized in person, but was with another man, not a football player, who was got to be maybe six foot nine with a gigantic beard and like tattoos all over his body. Jeff Saturday. That was not Jeff Saturday. Uh, athletes always bigger in person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Celebrities always smaller. Just general rule. That's Almost true. always. You remember when we were talking about how Roto World uh, did a bad job yeah, calling Tom Pelissero NFL.com's Tom Pelissero? When clearly Why most is that of us were well, they, a bad job with it. They needed to clean that up. They had to clean it up. Well, guess what? They have a Tom report. Tom Pelissero writes articles for NFL.com. Primarily is an NFL network. Okay. Camp, All right. I missed that thing. It felt like a a potential slight. I don't think that's where they were. I, th- I feel like we, Wes, all three of us were in lockstep that Roto World had stumbled here. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They cleaned it up because <laughs> they had a report on Stefan Diggs where they refer to Tom Pelissero's NFL networks. And you just have to wonder if they someone listened and took notes. Mm. I hope so. Or they got a sternly worded letter from the Pelissero uh, 
PR agency. Uh, anyway, Pelissero reported that Stefan Diggs, who apparently seems unhappy uh, being a member of the Vikings, but it's uh, according to Pelissero, it's a long shot for the Vikings to trade the talented wide receiver. Uh, I think the logic here, of course, is that the Vikings are close and they want to see what they can do. If they can get over the hump, Wes, and losing Stefan Diggs, uh, barring them bringing in somebody to replace him that's at his level or better, the team will just get worse, and they can't afford to get worse. They have too much invested in this current squad. I agree. The logic is why should we trade one of our best players? One of you know, one of the top twenty wide receivers in the NFL, and I, and I think a better player than Adam Thielen. So why would you trade him? And why make it clear that if you want off the Vikings, simply be an agitator or be just annoying enough for us to move you, whether you're very talented or not? I think you just got to put this out though, if you're the Vikings, to calm this down because people are just like checking. You know, he deleted all his Viking stuff on Instagram, and he's like writing these cryptic rap lyrics, which could maybe mean that he wants out. And it's just like you got to calm it. You got to calm it down, and you, people are going to be trying to calm things down at the combine next week too. But I, I also think other, you know, other people covering that team have reported that they would, they would maybe listen, and it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but they are a rare team that doesn't have a, a ton of cap room. I'm going to throw the Everson Griffin new net news now because I think it, it's connected. Everson Griffin voided his contract on um, Thursday. It was reported that opens up twelve or thirteen million, and maybe that makes I it a little easier to keep Stefan Diggs. They might cut Xavier Rhodes. They might cut Linval Joseph. They might bring Everson Griffin back who who really knows but they they're a team that like has a lot of commitments and i think would want to sign kirk cousins to a deal too 32 years he spent his whole career with the vikings on the digs note there has been a subtle shift over the last couple of years certainly we saw it last year where just because a team wants to keep a player if he's at a certain level he might make it happen that they want antonio brown comes to mind with the raiders jalen ramsey of course uh with the jaguars could digs just by his force of will get himself out of out of Minnesota just by continuing to put things out there in social media or talking to the right person at NFL Network or ESPN and turn this into a untenable situation for Minnesota. I just think in today's NFL, don't put that out of the equation that that's how this or he inspires out. just by being vocal about this. He inspires a very attractive offer from a team to Minnesota that Minnesota then. Feels like they have has to, to consider, yeah, that they have. If someone's willing to give up a first round pick, and I would and listen to that, and then it's like, yeah. then you're like, okay, maybe. Uh, Adrian Peterson sticking around with the Redskins. The Washington Football Club has picked up the option on his contract for 2020. Uh, it will be the age 35 season for Peterson, who has rushed for over 1,900 yards and 12 touchdowns in two years with the Redskins. He was never supposed to get this much work, but the problem is that Darius Geis, uh, the 2018 promising draft pick, can't stay on the field. And I guess, uh, Greg, we're viewing uh, Washington's uh, decision here. A bit of uh, insurance and also a reward to Peterson, who, who continues to be somewhat productive at this stage of his career. He was good last year. 4.3 yards uh, per carry, ran hard. They could still cut him in camp. There's no real big guarantees. But I think he he looked at the landscape and he heard one man 
who believed in him always, who never gave up on him, and that man was Chris Wesseling. And he decided, <laughs> hey, I've had a Hall of Fame career, but I need to do Chris proud, and I need to run hard in Washington, and he's earned it. He had. This do you feel that too? Quite a backstory. I do not feel that whatsoever, but I did see a good tweet from Kevin Patrick who said Peterson had more 20-yard runs last year than Alvin Kamara. Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. Mm. He looked pretty good. Aaron Jones. He had the same number of 20-yard runs as Christian McCaffrey. And also on a team that by, you know, after the coaching changes happened, you knew they were going to run the ball like 45 times a game. Chris Thompson is also a free agent. He's been there forever. He'll be gone. And Geist looked good in the very small sample size we saw him, but I think it's fair to question, or at least for the Redskins, to make sure they're prepared to have another runner there if Geist doesn't see Yeah, he has 40 career carries. Yeah. And anybody who listens to this podcast knows I was tremendously uh, moved and caught up in the pursuit of Walter Payton's touchdown, rushing touchdown mark, uh, which Peterson caught Payton. He has 111 rushing touchdowns, Payton 110. He also passed Jim Brown, who's at 106. Uh, Next up on the list, if Peterson wants to get into the top three, Marcus Allen at 123. That's a big ask. He's sitting at 111 right now? He's at 111. 13 touchdowns next year. Emmett Smith, number one. Marcus Allen, number three. Win Wes's toaster. Wes, who's number two with 145 career rushing touchdowns? I don't know. I was was not thinking. I, I don't know. Still in Hawaii, huh, bud? Yeah, I still am. LaDainian Tomlinson, 145 yeah. touchdown rushes. All right, uh, bad news, not really for the Browns because they are moving on anyway, but uh, bad news for the man, Greg Robinson, the former um, number two overall draft pick of the Rams who is in a West Texas jail without bond after federal agents said they found 157 pounds of weed in a rented vehicle in which he and two other people were driving. Uh, this is unbelievable, this story. He's 27 years old. He spent the last two years as the starting left tackle as the starting left tackle of the Browns. And he's driving around near the border with 157 pounds of marijuana. And if convicted, him, this other bro, and the third guy in the car was an Uber driver. Who apparently didn't even know what was going on. He didn't realize what? he had a, a, an entire drug shipment. Wait, really? They yes. Taking an Uber? He paid a guy to be a driver for this journey. The guy did not get charged because he said that he did not know what was in the car. And he showed federal agents a text from Greg Robinson that said, hey, if you take the fall for this, I will compensate you financially. And the guy was like, uh, here you go, DEA or whatever. Uh, anyway, if convicted, both men, including Greg Robinson, a 27-year-old starting left tackle in the NFL a couple of months ago, could be sentenced up to 20 years in federal prison. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Well, you know we can cite precedent here. What is it? Anybody of a certain age immediately calls back to Nate Newton, mm. who was arrested, I believe, in 2001 for 213 pounds of marijuana. In a giant van. Then paid his bail and five weeks later got arrested for 175 pounds of marijuana. And he said, look, athletes are competitive. I saw a chance to make money and I wanted to be the best drug dealer on the market. That's what Nate said? He said he wanted to be the best at it. This one, though, I I thought of Sam Hurd, which was a little um, more recently, which was, I think, seven years ago. 
Cowboys special teamer who was a who was basically like a kingpin. He was running, you know, big time deliveries, you know, uh, trailers, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds. This seems for a guy in Greg Robinson who's made almost thirty million dollars in his career. It's it seems too in between to me. Like the juice isn't worth the squeeze here. You know, this is small time. Whatever's going on here is not a big time. Um, you're he taking was, a lot of risks for not a lot of payoff, considering uh, the the income you're making. According to uh, Dre, <laughs> our former right fielder on the Shield. Oh yeah, Dre, who <laughs> she, she's, she's knowledgeable on this front. One one of the one of the great newsroom personalities of all time, and the author of maybe the defining play in Shield history. Absolutely, the, not arguably the defining play, the shoestring catch with the bases loaded in our first title year. We were heavy underdogs, and if that ball gets down. Uh, everybody's running around the bases, and we probably lose in crushing fashion. Instead, she makes the catch. We get out of the inning. We um, take, uh, we hold them off in the last inning, and we win our first trophy. And it doesn't happen without Dre Day. Well, yeah, all, all that is well said. Dre Day <laughs> says you could expect between ninety thousand and three hundred twenty thousand on the street value, depending, of course, on quality of product. Right. And she's she is someone with quite a bit of um, innate knowledge about the movement of uh, those substances. So I'm citing her yeah. as an expert. Yeah, the top ten in the 2014 NFL Draft, just for fun: Jadavian Clowney, number one; uh, Greg Robinson, two; Blake Bortles, three to the Jags; Sammy Watkins, four to the Bills; Khalil Mack, five to the Raiders; mm-hmm. Jake Matthews, six to the Falcons; Mike Evans, seven to the Bucks. Justin Gilbert, 8 to the Browns. Anthony Barr, 9 to the Vikings. And Eric Ebron, 10 mm. to the Lions. A lot of swings and misses there. Khalil Mack at 5. <sighs> Want to make Mayock's uh, shining moments as a draft analyst. Finally, let's uh, let's keep tracking what to me is the most important free agency saga of the offseason. <laughs> the one that really affects all of us and the most people um, connected to the NFL. It's Tony Romo, who has, of course, this opportunity to leave CBS and and sign a massive contract uh, with ESPN to become the face of their NFL um, analysis. And Romo talked about his decision-making process on Tuesday in an interview with Ben and Skin on 97.1 The Eagle. Uh, Let's listen in uh, to Romo, who sounds like a guy ready to go somewhere. Wow. As someone who's making a decision in their life like you guys just did, you just want something to be very straightforward and make it simple so that you just say, yep, let's do it. Yeah. Here we go. And yep. um, I feel like that'll – I think I'm already there a little bit, but we'll see how it plays out, even though I think I kind of know. I'm just not telling you guys. <laughs> I think he's done. I think he's gone. I think he's breaking up with his boy, Jimmy Nance, uh, and he's leaving this life he had and we talked about. Wait, it why do you? Why is that your takeaway? Like, I just, just hear the way because well, he's already made his decision. It sounds like he's conflicted, and he's like, "I made my decision. I think he's taking the money, and he's and he's going to greener pastures." That's just my based on just the inflection in his voice. I don't know, <laughs> nothing else other than that. All right, it's fair speculation. I mean, Nance needs him more than he needs Nance. Right. That, well, the logic being. Yeah, if he was staying, that why wouldn't he just say he was staying? Kind of like if you're if you're going to keep the quarterback you have, why not just say it? When you don't say anything, it invites speculation. But I didn't know if there was more more to it. I have not heard that that interview. That would break, you know, that would break my heart. Break Jim Nance's heart. 
That's what's happening in the news. I, I figure we're going to get an announcement on that soon. Feels like something that come, could come out com, combine. Because it's not about. I saw something. Sure about it's, what he's it's not about money because he's going to get all the money he wants. I think either way. Maybe it's about like the schedule. CBS is going to match. Yeah, maybe it's other. Maybe he doesn't want to work on the weekend. I don't know. Must the golf. All right, uh, that's what's happening in the news, Mark. Uh, Wes, you were on your wonderful baby moon uh, when we did a bit of a power rankings who Peter Schrager respects. And we kind of came down at... Very strange. Well, we know because we asked him. Greg's number one. Right. We asked him in person and he did not... Why did this come up now? Because that was back in May and suddenly... Because I think about it. I think about it like probably five times a day. But we kind of came down. The rankings that we had was Greg one because we knew West two was a football head. Me three uh, because of my work with Good Morning Football. Erica four because of the great stuff she's doing on Instagram, uh, and he and and Pete has a tremendous amount of respect for women. And number five, Mark. I love this segment. And only five because there's not a sixth person involved in the race. Because I would quickly yeah. well, stumble yeah. down to number yeah, six if we wanted to apparently. include. Connie Fox, she might fly all the way to number one. Right. I mean, she's a real. Let's keep her out of she's that. She's a real though. TV, a real TV head. Oh, but we had Mark Brady too. Mark, yeah, Brady, Mark Brady was in there. Is five, and then Mark. Is yeah, because he's worked with Mark him Sessler. in terms of setting up different things, and yeah, he. I think you nailed the analysis. Yeah. So now, with that background uh, in hand, uh, Mark wanted to offer up his top five people he respects in the football. <laughs> Industry in uh, uh, you're so you're talking cognoscenti. Really, it could be anyone who Members? covers football, but it it has to be someone that I. Is it outside the NFL media empire? In some cases, okay. In some cases, in some I, cases, they're within the empire. I, I mean, NFL media, like our no, company. So we there work are a for. couple people attached to our company, and okay, okay, from places beyond. Got it. What about us? Are we in the mix? So uh, you would all make my list. Without any questions. Take so, us out. You're not in it. That's yeah, not interesting. Yeah, I don't want to rank you right now. That's going to yeah, open weird. up a whole No, we'll save that for season 12, maybe. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, let's you, go. Number five. No, number five? Yeah, number five. Kyle Brandt. I, I think he's uh, it, it's someone who's just grown immensely over uh, his run with Good Morning Football. I find him uh, creative. He's willing to take risks. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Uh, an engaging football man. Kyle had a great year yeah and also by the way um i I can tell he's been lifting weights because he is he is he is jacked right now he's a little bit annoying because not only is he in fantastic shape uh, as damashek has often pointed out like the thing that jumps out to you with people in hollywood are just good looking guys it's the jawline that when you have the jawline it's really Mm. a huge asset and nobody's got a better jawline Mm. in nfl media uh, I mean, outside and inside this company than Mr. Brent. But he's also tremendously funny and a nice guy. Every, he has a great reputation. You know, he, he's a nice guy. He's creative. I mean, he's putting us all to Those shame. I'm football. surprised there's four people ahead of him. Well, no, I mean, I struggled. I struggled to. Uh, yeah, who's number four? Number four, obviously, is Nate Burleson. Yeah. Who I, who I, again, someone Very who's just absolutely, you know, five years ago, who knows what would have become of his career, but he's, he is a climber who can do anything. You know, I think he's great in the booth when he's been part of a color. He's multi-talented. He does everything. And he, he's able to communicate what he knows he's very not well. I mean, he's on, he's on CBS, NFL Network, and uh, Extra. Yeah. The uh, Hollywood show. Very versatile, a raging talent. Number three. Number three. I mean, how I have to go Kay Adams because oh. she also, she does everything versatile. you could ask. She does it so well. And all, you know, 
the three people that I've mentioned so far, the fact that they get up and do this show every day, multiple hours, and they sure. keep that enthusiasm and that love for the game going, sure. uh, it's impressive. And she is a, a – I don't think – She's a delight. Seen the, yeah, she's, she's a delightful absolutely talent. Delightful. Absolutely. She's a very nice woman, and she's also, yes, tremendously talented and uh, a grinder. Number two. Number two. And I, you know, I wanted to look a little bit beyond the NFL media community because this grinder has been doing it for a long time. D. Orlando Ledbetter, who covers the Falcons. <laughs> I love reading his stuff. Um, the I, Atlanta Journal Constitution. Yeah. When we go, when, you know, when we were at the combine kind of grinding away th- those years, he often would do the pool reports and he'd get up there and he'd kind of tell other reporters, I need someone else to get up here and do this too. Hey. He, is, he, he gets people, he rallies his fellow veteran reporters and a lot of respect. If I ever want to know the Atlanta Falcons, roster I know where to find it in D. Orlando Ledbetter's blog every day I'm going to be very upset if Larry Fitzgerald Sr. is not number one but this is your list here we go and the number one uh, media NFL media personality that Mark Sessler respects is it is Connor Orr how come nobody knows how to do the timpani you wait until the timpani stops (laughs) it is Connor Orr (laughs) (laughs) Number one, a friend, but I I seen uh, in Connor his football abilities, his writing abilities, just double and triple since the time I've known him. I mean, him. his most recent lead says right. It all. We mentioned him today because he aggressively and creatively attacked the biggest story of the week, and he did it in a way that no one else but Connor Orr could do. Um, I think that when you sit down and hang out with Connor Orr for half an hour, he's going to always tell two or three stories that are <laughs> beyond insane. He ha- we we before you don't we- have to explain Connor Orr. I know. I think I think anyone listening who's can I just say though yeah. I just I am. I'm taking a step back. I'm divorcing myself from knowledge of anyone on this list or not on this list. And my relationship with you and this podcast, it does come off a little bit like some score settling to not have Schrager in the top five. I, I'm just going to say. Well, because you, you didn't put anyone else from NFL Network on the list except for his three co-hosts on Good Morning Football. I think they do great work. And I, I you know, it would be, it w- I would be, you know, remiss to leave them off the list. Um, I am happy to talk with Peter. About- I was going to say, I'd be remiss as the host of the show not to get Schrager on now. We have to, we got to, this is becoming, I, a, this is now a thing. I, I, it's, it's now a thing no that animosity. we need to address. I think probably, you know, we could, we could have a chat at some point. Um, if this, it wouldn't be too much of an effort for him to do that. Some people might deduce from your list that you have the three other Good Morning Football people at five, four, and three. Maybe Schrager just missed, and he was number six. You could deduce that if you wanted to. He might have been very close. Wes, this is going to make. This Forget Schrager. Make- I want D. Orlando on the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is making the the Hansus Jeremiah feud look like tiddlywinks. Well, that one, you know, some people might say the 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 percentage of which it's genuine it's is, is not. Yeah, it's a little kfab. <laughs> this one appears to be real. Well, I'm not calling it more than it is. It's 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 in progress. It has been something that's been progress. sitting with you like a rock in the pit of your stomach <laughs> since we were at poolside. At that, uh, I mean, he didn't rank. He conference. didn't rank you last. No, he just said great. He didn't Only need to. Dan's he didn't need projected to. rankings. Did. He did not need to rank me last. I think we knew where we were going with that one. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, get into it. Hard knocks. Let's talk a little hard knocks. Actually, we, you know what? We got a little break. Oh, we do. The NFL owners have officially approved terms of the collective bargaining agreement. Well, read on everything the owners have agreed. Their proposal. So they're, they, they, everything is set from their standpoint. They are now sending that entire pro- proposal over to the players who will probably vote on it maybe as early so as Friday. So it needs to be There's, 
a what is it? A three fourths vote from the two thirds. The NFLPA heads, the guys that lead each team, and then it just has to be a majority vote for all the players. Yes. Yeah, so so the, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but the owners are basically done already. They already decided what the proposal is. They're raising you know, the percentage that players make and a bunch of off-season stuff and a, a million things that actually hasn't been reported yet, but the, it's being sent and the players' uh, all right. representatives will have a vote on Friday afternoon. This might sound boring to some uh, listeners, but this is important. If they can get this Done. We don't have to think about labor peace for another decade. And the owners were not unanimous. There's no details on uh, what the vote was. But Mark Davis. something tells me Mike Brown was involved. <laughs> Would, wouldn't any basic history of sports um, labor negotiations suggest that there will be negotiations before this is agreed upon? Well, this whole thing has moved along way faster than um, – anything I can remember uh, and certainly mm. much differently than the last time. I kind of liked the holdout though. It was, I thought it was spicy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so boring. So. Well, you, it was like, oh, what, I mean, if a season were canceled, it would be very, a very interesting time. Now the post holdout free agency thing was one of the wildest uh, seven that days wild. of transaction history. That is. That Got us the Eagles dream team. Are you angling Mark for a furlough? Sounds like a guy angling for a furlough. What is a furlough again? I, I, furlough is where they say go home. Oh yeah, and then but you're not paid though. I, I you do get paid after the fact potentially. Would you roll the dice on that? Yeah, yeah. I figured you <laughs> Sounds would. people great. would definitely if there was like a long holdout, people would be people would lose their jobs here. They'd use it as. I a, mean, what would we talk well, about on the show? This call this furlough city over here. Oh, theology podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> there that's it is. True. Furlough city. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Hard Knocks. Well, 15 seasons now. This is going to be the 15th season. And uh, I wrote about it in the piece that within football circles, Hard Knocks is now Saturday Night Live. It's an institution. It's, it's venerable. It's the type of thing that people love to complain about it. They like to say that it's not as good as it used to be. Or that it's just kind of the same stuff recycled over and over, or it should be canceled. And yet, so many of those people then watch the season, just like so many people with SNL. And um, I love it, and everybody that listens to this podcast knows I love it. I've been the beat writer for NFL.com since 2012. My goodness, I've been here a long time. Um, so, uh, as I do every year around this time, I take the five teams uh, that can be compelled, forced, to be on the show, which is always an interesting little hook that, that this program exists and there's an NFL rule in place to make a team do it. But what does that mean? What does that say? <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of – I kind of like it. Uh, but I can understand why the owners are like, why does this show still exist when you need to put in a rule to make us do it? I, I hope that that's not in the CBA, getting rid of this rule, because there's, there is mandatory inclusion rules, uh, and here they are. Uh, to avoid being picked for hard knocks. And again, any team can volunteer, and that does happen occasionally. But to avoid mandatory inclusion on the show, um, they ha- would have to fall under any of three exemptions. One, have a first-year head coach. Two, have a playoff berth in the past two seasons. Three, they have appeared on hard knocks in the past 10 years. So They're going to have to adjust these rules with the seventh seed. Uh, you know. Oh, good call. Good call. Um, And that leaves five teams, believe it or not. Uh, And I'll go five to one, 
least compelling to most compelling. I'll start with number five, the Detroit Lions. This is the second straight year the Lions are eligible for this. They're on, they were one of five teams last year, and they're one of five this year. Of course, Hard Knocks producers went with the Raiders, which is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, and, you know, sam- simply put, and we've talked about this on the podcast, that they lack juice, and I think they still lack juice. And barring, let's say, a Matthew Stafford trade or something wild this offseason, this is a team that's probably going to pour some resources into improving its defense. And is there anything to be get that excited about, a team that you would want to cover throughout the training camp? I don't know. The Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions. No, nobody wants to see a show on the Detroit Lions. Yeah. That, the only thing is, if it because I have these, like you, these ingrained sort of opinions about the Detroit Lions as an overall experience, like, change my mind. Like, I'd like, I'd like to see something like that happen. But no, they're, they're number five for a reason. They're already, you know, forced on, uh, you know, a public that doesn't want them once a year on Thanksgiving. You know, well, well that rule again. needs to talk well, about. Talk I, about a CBA I, I rule that needs to. I walk that needs, back. Please. I walk that back. If you're pointing to me coming after the Lions, <laughs> I was just taking ago. a shot. I don't even believe in. <laughs> I like the Lions on Thanksgiving. I do. I I sure, keep them on. I just hadn't spoken in a while. I just needed to get a shot. Out. <laughs> <laughs> just looking for airtime. <laughs> Number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The big get here, of course, Garden Minshew. Gardner Minshew, uh, who you know with that personality. He's going to do well on a show like this, and he'll be there. He'll be in the building. I don't know if he's going to be their starter, but I know well, he'll be right, on the roster. Know, I, I, re- I liked your piece. You did a very nice job, but this <laughs> sentence, give me a break with this. What? We don't know if Minshew will be Jacksonville's week one starter at quarterback. Then in parentheses, Minshew maniacs tend <laughs> to overlook Sessler. that their leader was only a tick or two above okay as a rookie. <laughs> Yeah, come on. Yeah, just propaganda. He was exciting. I was so hoping you were going to read that. You did everything you could ask. You simply put it in there to annoy me. Uh, You know, it's a nice little bonus, but I do believe it. I mean, I know you guys think I'm wrong, but I do believe that. Yes, I think you're wrong. Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) Um, But I think Minshew's a big uh, draw for that reason, and... Doug Marone has the hottest seat. Come August, when I uh, when I write the piece about hottest butts in the NFL, I think it's safe to say Marone's going to be at number one. And you know, come and on the Foles Minshew thing, depending on where we are with it, mm. would be compelling. The Jaguars are that are that team though that's always raised their hand, which and wanted to be on hard knocks. Yeah. It doesn't help. It's like for some reason. You know, like, I did well, a. Yeah. I was going to write about that in this piece, and I did a, a cursory Google search looking for that, and I couldn't find anything. They, they say, so like, do we just is that just been speculated upon, or do we actually? There was know that? back in the day, Shad Khan wanted wanted in. Yeah, number three, the Arizona Cardinals. I think this could be a a potential match if they don't get the team that I have at number one because the Cardinals um, they agreed to the all or nothing show back in 2015 where they documented that entire season uh, and that's essentially a hard knock spinoff series uh, and they seem to really like that experience they they gave me the assignment back in the summer of 16 I took our buddy Jason Zumwalt to the premiere and everybody the from ownership to the GM to head coach Bruce Arians at the time to the players I still remember Carson Palmer taking long pulls of his bud heavy at the side of the bar for about two hours <laughs> And he's just like, he was a very cool guy. I know he's not there anymore, but that just was a fun little memory. But anyway, they seem to like it. And then Michael Bidwell, the team president, um, had this to say this past week. We're always going to listen to everything. We'll see what comes up. And we've always done a good job being available and volunteering to do things. He sees it as a, a way to elevate the brand. So if Hard Knocks feels painted into a corner. Perfect marriage. Ky- Kyler Murray and, and um, Kingsbury feel very Hard Knoxy. 
Yep, I could see that. Just in, just in terms of the history of the show, the young team with the court, young quarterback and the young coach, it just yep, feels the like James Winston. It's a team they've yeah, the type of team they've picked. Uh, yeah, and he he seems like Murray seems like the guy that could be on like a you know Lamar Jackson track where he has a huge year too. So if you can document that that training camp, that's fun. Number two, the Denver Broncos, and this is all about John Elway uh, because I I find him as. I do come after after him on the show, uh, but he's also a very compelling figure just because he's one of the icons of the sport. And this is a big year for the Broncos, uh, who've gone four straight years without the playoffs. And I would imagine uh, if the Broncos were on the show, I want to see a lot of Elway. I can't have Elway in the shadows. I don't think you'd have him in the shadows. And if he was out of the shadows, I'd be very interested in the show. Uh, If he was in the shadows... I would kind of just do it as a work assignment, basically. Because I'm not tremendously into the rest of the Broncos, but I like the idea of the day in the life, a summer with John Elway. is a wild card. He's one of the few NFL coaches of this era who speaks his mind. I think people would like him behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You never know who you're going to like as a head coach. Remember Bill O'Brien, who's not the most popular guy. He was very likable on the Texans' hard knock season. Uh, when you learn more about him and his personal life. Uh, I do wonder if the Broncos, they have a very, let's call it unsettled ownership situation. I think that could prevent that from happening. That the NFL might be like, let's just, I'm going to steer clear of Denver for the time being, which would take them out of the mix. Finally, a lot of hard knocks, like the push is to make the owner seem They like, like to be in person, the mix typically. So. Although Mark Davis was not really in the mix, but the owners like it uh, usually. Uh, they like to be on the camera. Number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one's easy. And Greg, you you like to... Uh, yeah, well, you don't like to bet the ponies, but you're a man who's interested in what happens in the desert. Not allowed to be. You're not allowed to be this, as a league employee. Place. But I will uh, I will tell you, you'll like these numbers. You tell me. You know who else is allowed? You know who else is interested? Like all the teams signing um, sponsorship deals with, with uh, casinos and different things like that. I mean, it's coming. It's happening. Yep. So according to Bavada, what's that? What's Bavada? That's one of the that's one of the online uh, places. Thanks, <laughs> the Steelers are at uh, minus one twenty. The heavy favorite here: the Cardinals plus two twenty five, Jags plus four fifty, Broncos plus to be 600. made the hard knock. Yep, teams. and Lions plus seven hundred. And the Steelers, they're a blue blood franchise of the NFL. They have a huge, passionate fan base. Uh, I would love to learn a little bit more about Mike Tomlin. You got Big Ben coming back from that. Serious elbow injury. You have great human interest stories around guys like Ryan Shazier and James Conner. Uh, even get you can get Wiz Khalifa coming to camp. I mean, let's, you got the no. old like school Latrobe, Pennsylvania. They're one of the few teams left where they go to this small college, St. Vincent College, that they've been going to. For Love years. that. You have the Rooney family, and do we have that Mike Tomlin? Like Mike- yes. Mike Tomlin. Here's Mike Tomlin. Oh, I love this. His end of season press conference back on uh, New Year's Eve had this to say. Short list of teams that are eligible for hard knocks. Are you, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't. Would you do it if they uh, asked? Asked? (laughs) (laughs) A nice little moment of levity there at the end of a, a rough Steelers season. So obviously Mike Tomlin wants nothing to do with it. These coaches take him so seriously. Aditi yeah. Aditi Kinkabwala, uh tweeted out yesterday that uh, – I want to get her exact tweet actually because she obviously has been embedded with that team for a while and um, she knows 
the vibe of them. But she said this, I rarely doubt the weight Mike Tomlin and the Steelers pull, but if they manage to evade hard knocks, I may change that mm. to never doubt. Uh, P.S. If they don't, Dan Hansis has to make a road trip to Latrobe. There you go. I should, do, I should spin this this hard knocks angle to me going to the hard knocks. I would think so. Sit, that's a home run. Hey, and like yeah. you could have been doing that half a decade ago. <laughs> you know? Bad, bad job by me. Never thinking. St. Joe's College, right? And by the way, what 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 family has been documented more by NFL Films? What family has supported NFL Films more? I went and looked. I thought I remembered Dan Rooney was on the board of directors and was a big part of like making NFL Films what it is. So you can make your your jokes or whatever. It is very much in the tradition of the Steelers to like have a little uh, have a little promotion for themselves and like. Get into it. So Get on board, Mike Tomlin. Do not ask uh, Hard Knocks producers. Just go. Show up. I think Give that's, that's got to be it. It's got to be. And if they're not it, they're not the choice. Do not think for one second NFL Films and HBO are like, well, we like the Steelers as an option, no, uh, but we want somewhere else. That will be proof that this whole idea that you have to be, you can be picked uh, is all phony and BS. And if you are a blue blood team like the Steelers, you have more power Mike, than other teams. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's got bosses, and uh, I would think the Rooney family would would be okay with. That. And how successful have the Steelers been? If you if you took these current inclusion rules and put them all the way to the start of Hard Knocks, which is two thousand and one, and Brian Billick of the Ravens laying on a hammock during training camp, uh, they would have been eligible for mandatory inclusion once before this year. They've been one of the best, most consistent NFL franchises. This is their chance to do it. All right. Good you know, one of the first money drops ever on this show was the Around the NFL podcast. We'll follow Mike Tomlin anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. NFL.com slash Hansis. All right. Before we get out of here, let's open up the mailbag. Uh, asked for people to, uh, you know, get involved. And they did. First up, Kenny Law. Would you consider an Around the NFL After Dark podcast where you all consume copious amounts of alcohol in the throwback studio and discuss many things uh, with non-bleeped language, that would be the best? I don't think we'd be allowed to do that. Yeah, I don't. I think we'd be fired if we did that. Not a great idea. And it's a terrible idea. It's a, da- it's a, it's a danger. On some level, sometimes the, rule, the law rules the you're stuck in, like the box you're forced to play in, Creates uh, creates some tension. That's good. It's mm. like when Howard Stern and people are like, wow, it's really going to be crazy when Howard Stern goes to you know terrestrial, you know, off of terrestrial. <laughs> well, was it really? Like, did people right. just like no? It, part of the fun was him battling uh, the bosses. That's a good call. Tom Marshall says, "What's more likely, a Tom Brady-led team beats the Patriots in the playoffs, <laughs> or Kirk Cousins wins MVP?" Tom Brady beats the Patriots in the playoffs. I would think the odds would favor Kirk Cousins. I just feel like the odds would be higher that he would win MVP. A lot of a couple of different things would have to fall into place for Brady to beat. I, I'm with the Mark. Patriots. I don't. I just. I'm standing on the ground that uh, Kirk Cousins will never and can never win the MVP. So, the, so the Brady. Wait, uh, Kirk Cousins can absolutely. We've seen this. I just don't think it's- he could throw thirty-seven to forty-two touchdowns in a season and throw for five thousand yards, and the Vikings could go twelve and four, and that type of thing could get you an MVP. I he's, he's done it before statistically. I I think he's a good quarterback. He's a top ten to twelve okay. quarterback, but I don't see a world where that how, is possible. How much more likely was it that Matt Ryan could have that outlier season than than Kirk Cousins? 
more because his his highs are high higher. I I think. Um, and he had he had he had some seasons, but that's a fair d- I think it depends on how you vote with stats. I agree with Dan. I could definitely see a forty-two touchdown, five thousand yard Kirk Cousins season. That he hasn't been too far off that already. Well, they've both been with Kyle Shanahan, and Matt Ryan's version of Kyle Shanahan was much better. And on the I other, I just don't see him as an MVP. I think he's. But the other side of it is Tom Brady would have to sign with a team, Colts. most likely in the AFC. And also, that team would then have to make the playoffs. The Patriots, without Tom Brady, would have to regroup, get into the playoffs. Then they would have to meet each other in those playoffs. Yeah. And then Tom Brady would have to win. A lot of things have to happen for that side. I don't think that's impossible, I'm giving, though. I'm giving 50 oh. to 1 for that, maybe 75, and uh, 500 to 1 for Kirk. <laughs> You're the expert. <laughs> All right, settled. Charlie Harwood asks, if Mark Sessler could redesign one uniform, who would he choose, Bucks or Browns? Well, I mean, I know the Browns are being redesigned. And, and the Bucks as well, I believe. The Bucks as well, and um, I think the more critical for me it would be Browns because of because I I need that uniform to be changed. But uh, the Bucks, the fact that I just learned, I think we just learned last week that they're changing it. Good for them. They it, you talk about time to self scout yourself like that uniform has been impossible to observe. And their fans, their fans feel. were uh, a uniform in the green that they did not like them. You, their fans so were vocal. It's, it's about a it. close horse race, but I'd go Browns by a by a nose. You would take the Bucks on it pro bono, just <laughs> do it for free. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to just throw one thing out there with the Bucks. They're kind of in the the new current uniforms a mess, but. They are similar, not at the same level as the Patriots. So the Patriots have a terrible uniform that they can't change because it, it's all their glory is packed into this. Um, who is the guy? What's the head? Pat Elvis, Patriot. Flying Elvis or whatever it's called. But you can't bring back Pat Patriot because there's no rings for Pat Patriot. Uh, the Bucks had all their glory in the Tony Dungy years with that redesign. Uh, but it's been redesigned since, though. But, right. yeah, I'm saying, like, maybe you go back to that. The one thing I don't want them to do is get carried away and be like, go back to Creamsicle, which is just not – I mean, come on, maybe for a throwback week. But to make that your color scheme, be careful well, about turning back Like I've said, though, I think these teams should have 12 to 15 uniforms. And, like, the Bucks can decide what they're feeling that year or that month. I love that. that. I like that. I agree with that. 15. Okay. Uh, sure, why not? I don't care. Uh, John Perry asks, given the choice with what Mark, again, Mark, knows to this point, would he do a straight swap of Baker Mayfield for Jimmy G right now? No, I would not. What about you, boys? I wouldn't either. I agree with that. I think Baker's ceiling is higher. Um, I'm a little disturbed by some of the things I'm hearing about him and his maturity level, but people mature at different rates, and if it clicks for him, I think he can be great. I, one little thing on that. I think that last it's an interesting year, question, though. It is close. But uh, Jimmy G was probably in one of the best mixes of coaches and environments and, you know, team togetherness and game planning. And the Browns, were, the more things that you hear from players describing what was happening on a weekly basis, that Baker Mayfield was in a disastrous environment. We are, Mark and I, I remember Mark and I doing shots at Cozy after Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield went one and three in the draft uh, three years ago in April. And the one thing that you always fear and was thrown out there, these guys are great talents, but you have to surround them with a good organization making good decisions, and we are not getting that with either guy so far. No. And it really is disturbing to think that after years of the quarterback abyss that you would actually potentially find a guy that has the ability 
and then you're such a mess everywhere else in the organization that you you botch it, and then one of those guys goes somewhere else and thrives later in his career. It's all stuff that's in the ether, and I don't even like to think about it. But I agree, like Baker Mayfield, if he was with the Niners last year, and he does have grown up to do, and uh, apparently he's working trying to improve his footwork because a lot of things went wrong with him on the field last year. I, I bet nobody's worried about Baker Mayfield. I think he would have been fine, but he's stuck on a dysfunctional team. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, lastly, which team is poised to steal the offseason's champion's crown from the 2019 Browns? Who is the team that is going to win the offseason? I'll, I'll go first here. I like the Colts. I like the Colts as a team that is mm. um, going to go get one of these high-profile veteran quarterbacks, which will get people super excited. And I believe – I'll have to double-check this. Over the cap, Greg has it up because that's why Schrager loves him. I believe they're near the top of the league in cap space. Yes, they are right behind the Dolphins, so they're going to then supplement that Phil Rivers acquisition with uh, maybe a big wide receiver. Uh, Maybe they give the world to Mari Cooper. I don't know, something like that. Go get a tight end, uh, and here we go. Mm. We're flying. I think the Colts are the team that people are going to talk about as the favorite in their division after this. Are they always? I thought they might be last year, too. And then they didn't really spend the money. They love rolling that money over. Like people love ro- saving all that cap space, rolling it over. Like seven, eight years ago, everyone was all worried about cap space. No one's got cap room. And now all these teams, like the Colts, overcorrected. Don't and roll what, it. What's the point of rolling over $40 million every year? You're not using all the possible resources that you could. There's a bunch of teams like this. They, they, they have too much money and they can't spend it because there's not they can't find enough good players to spend it on. Right. I think you're not being – very generous to the Colts as far as their plan. And I think they were willing to spend the money. They just, after that first wave of free agency, they said, who's worth it? Right. I just mean the plan where the teams were trying to build up these gigantic war chests ended up, I think, being an overcorrection because there's a bunch of teams that have it. And what are you going to do with that all? That said, I'm going to pick a team. I'm just going to get right into it. Who's also near the top, which is the Bills. I just think the Bills are going to get super aggressive and realize this is a nice window for them. And they did a really good job adding free agents last year that didn't have big names, Mitch Morris and John Brown and Cole Beasley. But this time around, I could see some of the defensive players, maybe a clowny, who knows, Can you get uh, the, spending big-time pop. They got Mario Williams once upon a time when he was the number one free agent on the market. Can you get the top, top guys to go to Western New York? Um, I guess I money, money talks. That's been an issue. That's been an issue with multiple. I would say this because the Browns thing happened. It never would have happened at all without Odell Beckham. It was that. And then everyone just kind of looked beyond everything else and some of the issues on the team and said, Super Bowl. They no, just playoffs. became a really compelling story. Right. Once you did. Now, what if yeah. the Packers and uh, this is not some dark horse team, but with Aaron Rodgers that everyone already is obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. And if they went out and signed two like game changing skill position players on offense. I think everyone just says, you've done it. You've completed the chore. You, you, your, your issues from last year are solved. Super Bowl. Well, I like all of those choices. There's a team out there with more cap money and more draft picks than Miami Dolphins, a coach now who everyone respects, and you get to live in Miami. And you're going to get a hotshot quarterback, most likely. Hey, and no that income tax. Excited. There's no income tax. <laughs> it's a beautiful Property city. tax is great. <laughs> It's a haven for O.J. Simpson. I mean, what what is not to is like that about where, Florida? That's where O.J.'s at? Yeah. Mm. The pride of the Bills is hiding out in Florida. A so haven. The, the Nicole Brown family and Ronald Goldman's family can never collect. Why am I still mad about O.J.? I, you know, it's, I think it's fair I watched that documentary. You, you are passionate before. about it. Yeah. I think that's fair. 
<clears throat> drive by near you know where OJ used to live. You think about him all the time. I think about him all the time. Rockingham. I think that house has been raised, hasn't it? The OJ house. Privately, Greg has said to me, "Well, the DNA. I don't know. Can you trust it?" I, said, <laughs> I oh, did. <laughs> I do. I would never. It was that. it was 1994, 95. People didn't understand DNA yet, and Greg's like, "Well, you know, what about the gloves? They didn't fit." And I said, "Come on, man. You know that." Must have quit. You know. Big Cochran head. Rose I mean, no, uh, you're always on this. The two of you were always. Yeah, he was a great. He was a great um, teacher of a, a truth that lives on today. If you have enough money, they have the law. The law is pretty negotiable. Don't worry about it. You can break all the laws you want. Miracle. Got enough money. Thank you to everybody that sent in mailbag questions before we go and before we head off to Indianapolis. Speaking of the Colts for the 2020 NFL Scouting Combine, uh, how about here are a couple more of these uh, entries for the Connie Fox sweepstakes. Uh, just for fun, Erica has been combing through our Gmail, uh, and now she's going to play another one for us. Let's hear it. Here we go. It's Connie Fox, y'all. It's Tiny Fox, y'all. One of them heroes with the news and all them locks, y'all. She got that Cardi flow. Mary Tegonzo. She repping Philly and Miami, traveling on the globe. It's Colin Wolf. The history is very, very rich. <laughs> like it a lot. I mean, first again, Gonzo ref. First Gonzo ref, you're also playing to Greg. As soon as he hears that hip-hop beat, he, his head starts nodding. So that's good. And that's Greg smart. is a bit of a gatekeeper on this. Like he, has, he sort of had one of the artists from last time executed. I mean, you were so against that person. Well, he took that, shots at Colleen Wolf, and he was the worst rapper I've ever heard. <laughs> so why, do you, why would we want to listen to that over years and years? This was, that was, this was fun. I think we've got it's some fun. really strong entries already in the clubhouse. I'm um, impressed with the talent level. Yeah, so it's yeah. amazing. Uh, I mean, we are nothing without our listeners. And this is also just a reminder that in addition to be a great at, at pushing play, they are also multi-talented individuals in their own right, many of them. Many of them are. Wouldn't say all, but many. I got one more for you guys. This one is a little bit of a, of a twist on sort of what we asked for. That's but, smart, too. But I'm digging it. Is it under 30 seconds? Of course. Okay. Here we go. That's all I care about. <laughs> I'm Lakeisha Westland, and this is the beautiful, intelligent, funny, Ooh, keep one going. of the most badass women working in sports today. <laughs> Colleen Wolf, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, everybody. You guys have a hard time booking tiny boxes. Very rich here. Hey, it's so great to be back. What is up? Miami. 100% box. I'm there in spirit every week. Ooh, I love it. That is like off the Prince Batman soundtrack, 1989. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we aren't stuck picking Mickey one Bale. and ever listening to any of the others ever again. Is that how this is working? There's too many good ones, but uh, we have to make a choice. I imagine that some of these, uh, even if they don't win, will be a part of our program going forward, but there can only be one winner with a prize to be determined, but certainly oh, not be, locked in legally. That prize is going to be, that'll be attractive. It won't be the 2011 Tennessee Titans media guide, which you've sent to someone <laughs> as a gift before. What about the What about the Sean Payton? It's um, young on the cover. The Sean Payton book signed by Sean Payton and dedicated to another <laughs> famous talent. I don't think we can work. I don't think we can give that away. It somehow could come back to haunt us. Um, all right. I like that last one. I don't know if it's a winner, but it's. I really enjoyed it. 
And the, the, the effort levels. Wes, you should go back and and just skip and listen to uh, the Colleen section because some of the some of the entries that we've the last fifteen the finals, minutes of our um, Tuesday show. You didn't listen. Do to... you assume that when I was in Kauai, I was not listening? <laughs> I was going to. Say I would that. hope not. <laughs> I would hope not. Um, yes, we are leaving for Indianapolis early next week. Uh, it's on Mark's radar that I'm staying at a different hotel than him. Uh, I know. I just don't understand. You, you you're said, a little nervous that it's a no, better hotel. No, I'm not because I've been to both hotels and I actually am happier staying where we're staying. But you wrote, Ooh. "Oh, look, uh, like an end of an era because we're staying at this other hotel." But then it winds up just you are, yeah. or some of you are. I'm just saying it seemed in the and yes, it could get lost in translation on text. But uh, you seem to be a little upset. When I first then you meant well, you mentioned that it well. I'm not gonna. We don't need to go. I have a little insider info on that okay. too. Um, Dan, you were sort of psyched about where you know I'm. I'm at that same hotel with you. I'm psyched that if that means we're together in the same hotel, I don't. I don't really have any information about this other hotel. Okay, because the way that you phrased it was sort of like, yeah, like moving up. Well, I heard that the one Mark is in is considered the higher one, the better one. That well, I mean, that feels right to me, and that's fine. Like we're in a good. Place. I've stayed in the Westin. We've stayed it there uh, for seven years, many, many years, and I texted <laughs> actually privately with Greg yesterday that I was gonna not, I was gonna look to maybe get into the Westin as well, but I, the the combine is such a Groundhog Day event for us where we do the same thing every year. Put me in a different hotel. Let's mix. It, let's get but crazy. To her point, producer. like you acting when in in communicating with Erica, like it was this like positive sea change. You said end of an era. We're staying at the name of the hotel. And right. not all, all of us were. So I, I didn't take that. To, I thought I assumed that we were all staying were. at the this other hotel. Hey, step oh. it up. Uh, you know, when I was with NBC, they had that. J, we stayed at the JW. That was a nice one. We've been there before. Yep. Super Bowl 46. I mean, you can't, you can't really go wrong in the way Indy's set up. It's all the same. It's one block. They're all connected to the convention center. Wait, are we still taping? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's confirmed that I'm in the preferable of the two. But I'll also confirm that you were annoyed and it was on your radar that you somehow had been left behind. Because of your wording. End of an era. Like, we've gotten out of, you know, we're not just like chumps anymore. We're staying at this hotel. It's like, actually, I'm not. So how was, how would I have taken that? I didn't mean that. What is end of an era wasn't like we've been bumped down a notch. You would have been furious if you thought that you had been put into the lesser of two hotels, which you have. And that feels good. End the show. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be in Indy. We'll have a show on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, wow, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I believe Friday when we get back to town. And in fact, we will uh, do our free agency 101, the Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal joint, will be unveiled next week. We're like Spike Lee now. How contentious. It's exciting. It can get. You want to talk about actual bad blood. That's when the scientists have to... <laughs> you know, fight for their their dream picks, what they believe their list should be. And sometimes it's not pretty. Is there any guys that have really caused an issue for you? No, we haven't got I, uh, the, uh... We, don't, we don't know yet. Um, Ali Bonpuri has not given us back the master spreadsheet that combines our list. But I will say that I, I thought I had more lucidity during this year's iteration of this exercise than any other year. Interesting. Good to hear that. All right, let's go. Thanks for everybody for listening. We really, we're really uh, happy to have you. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Rick Hollywood. Behind the glass. Till Indy.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.